Welcome back to the In-Laws Podcast. I'm Brianne. And I'm Sophia. We're two law students who created this podcast to talk about law school, law talk, and everything in between. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the In-Laws Pod and our law school pages at Law and at Brianne-in-Law. For this week's episode, we thought it would be timely to discuss how to survive and thrive during law school finals as they are coming up in about a month or maybe less for you. We each have our own methods and hacks, but prioritize very similar things that we will get into in this episode and discuss. Our first topic is the importance of taking care of yourself during finals. So Brienne, if you want to start, since you did make a post about this today. I think, I do genuinely think the best way to serve yourself during finals is to prioritize all of the things you do to take care of yourself in any other time of the year. So like, I'm going to be eating and going to the gym and doing self-care the same exact way I would be doing at the beginning of the semester. Um, And something that's so important to me because I feel like so many law students normalize not doing this is just fucking eating. Like why are we normalizing not eating during finals? Literally, I remember making a TikTok about this last winter break when I was home after finals and I'd literally seen my friends go to the library for like a whole day and not eat until they got home and I was like one how are you doing that and two why is that your relationship to food because I've never been the kind of person who like rewards myself for doing school by eating I'm gonna get up if I'm hungry and I'm gonna get a snack and I'm gonna go back to working like I'm not just going to not do that for the sake of like getting things done and it was really shocking to see so many people doing that it's so confusing to me too because my brain just does not work if I haven't eaten it's it's like the the old snowstorms you'd get on tv is just like black and white buzzing in my brain if I haven't eaten it's really bad And I typically want to also have a snack with me while I'm studying. Yep. Yep. Same. I, I honestly think it feeds into the trend and like all of the TikTok audios of like, you didn't eat breakfast and it's like lunchtime and all you've had is like an iced coffee and la da 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 da. I, I don't understand that. And I don't relate to that in the slightest. Maybe it's just like, the way I was raised or something I don't know I've always eaten (laughs) and like if I'm hungry I'm gonna eat I'm gonna listen to my body and I think that that is like one of the things that can get mixed up especially during college and people develop bad habits when they're like outside of the home or maybe they have never had a stable like food experience but if you do come from a background where you did have food stability and then you're in education all of a sudden it's like out of whack like what happened? What what went on to like make you feel that way or make you start doing that? Like what's what's the sitch? Because we got to work it out. I almost feel like, okay, let me ask you this before I make this assumption. When did you start cooking for yourself? Like making your own meals? Oh, probably like six or seven, like pretty young. <laughs> okay, I was like cooking at like six years old. Um, <laughs> I think that might have something to do with it because I think a lot of people have never cooked for themselves in their lives and then they go off to college and 
they don't know what to do. And, you know, maybe it's easy your freshman year, you're living in a dorm, you just go to the dining hall. But I genuinely think that people who have not like learned to cook for themselves and gotten used to that will just put off eating (laughs) in like really ways. Um, But I will say in undergrad, when those situations happened and I hadn't eaten all day, it was like, I don't feel any different, but I need to force myself to eat because I know my body needs it. And now that I'm like a little bit older, like in law school, if I do not eat, my body and my brain are like, you're dying. (laughs) Like you're going to die. If I'm at school, I'm like, oh, I got to go home. I got to go home right now. So I very much am, am a strong supporter of doing whatever you need to, to properly nourish yourself during finals. And when I say like properly nourish yourself, I just mean get food in. Like, I, I'm not telling you, you need to be eating. Like, yeah, no macros, no micros. We're not counting those. <laughs> no, I'm not like lecturing you about your vegetable intake. Yeah, this is, this is not a my fitness pal space. Oh. Okay, <laughs> delete the app and delete the app. It is like some days it will be like, I'm eating rotisserie chicken and chips and queso. And that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting something in. I'm, I'm getting enough calories that my body and brain are working. Mm-hmm. So. I think the scary part is, is like, if you go too long with like fucking up how you eat and like how much you eat and what you're eating, your body loses its hunger cues. Like if you ignore them so long, they can go away. And I think that that's like something that scared me away from ever doing that. Because I mean, sometimes in my neuroses, I'm like, just don't eat and you'll be fine. And then I'm like, you're insane. Don't do that. And then I don't because I I, like tell myself that. (laughs) But because I'm like, I know that that shit really happens to people where they stop feeling hunger. And I'm like, I don't want to get to a point where I like, don't know if I like need to eat or not. So that's something to also keep in mind. I, I feel like I've been so hyper aware of the normalization of disordered eating, both like in academic spaces and online, specifically on TikTok right now. Like I, especially with like heroin chic or whatever the fuck that they're saying is coming back. No, (laughs) I can't deal with it. Like I, I also like, I don't know. I think I've, I've mentioned this before, but like the, the ideal image down here, like the perfect body, the perfect woman down here is very different from where I grew up. Um, like thinness and proximity to whiteness and like blonde girls are like the standard of beauty in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and uh that's been very fucking weird for me because that was definitely not how I grew up at all yeah I the heroin chic is simply never gonna happen to me and not attainable because on one side I come from potato famine straight potato famine okay and on the other side I come from a culture that is very much about like 
you need to have meat on your bones. Everybody's a little chunky. Everybody's eating. So it's just, it's, it's not going to go there. It's not going to go there. <laughs> I'm also of the potato famine variety. I also, um, my mom had nine kids. I have birthing hips. Like that's not, <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah. um, I'm never going to be the person who has like no ass, <laughs> no thighs. It's just not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> I've come to terms with that. That's, that is something I am more than fine with. <laughs> This is the potato famine girl episode. <laughs> That's our casual title. We're built for potato famines. <laughs> okay. Other than eating though. Yes. Um, you're big on sleeping. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're you I, I wish I could fall asleep as easy as you. You post on TikTok and you're like, I fell asleep at 4 p.m. and then woke up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I laid in bed for three I, hours last night before I could fall asleep. I I didn't really think I was like that sleepy of a girl, but I think it's because I had like a very stable work schedule mm-hmm. and I just like really had my routine down before law school. But damn, in law school, part of it I think is like, I don't know. I can't even say it's the early classes because I was a teacher before, so I was up even earlier. But like something about <laughs> using your brain as hard as I'm using my brain, <laughs> it it knocks it out of me. It knocks it out of me. I am okay. I'm not a nap every day kind of person. I do take a casual like half an hour, hour nap some days. But I will say, my body just conks out when it needs to. AKA this week. Okay, yesterday when I fell asleep at 5 p.m. and I woke up at 3.30 and I like I had to work today and they texted me and they were like hey just making sure you're still coming at 7 and then I replied to them at 3.30 in the morning like yeah I will be there at 7. <laughs> oh my god I my body will not sleep when I need it to sleep I think that's like one of the the hardest parts of law school for me is that when I have like elevated levels of stress, elevated levels of anxiety, I will stay up all night. I will be in my bed trying to go to sleep. Phone is away from me and I will not sleep. Um, It sucks, especially during finals. Um, But after... I think like a few weeks, 1L, when I was so stressed out my first semester, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to try CBD. And my God, do I recommend it. (laughs) Never do melatonin because it makes you feel like absolute crap when you wake up the next day. Yeah, I agree. I've tried melatonin a few times and I was like, nah, I literally have the full bottle still because I've tried it like twice, I think. Yeah. And like, I think I take like really, really low doses of CBD. And I think it's mostly like B12 or B6 or whatever B vitamin you're supposed to take. Mm -hmm. Um, And it works wonders. I sleep very regularly on finals now, but I do. It's not unassisted. (laughs) Not unassisted. thing that helps me a lot. Okay. I used to be one of those people that like picks like sort of a relaxing song and just like plays it on repeat until they fall asleep and that was really fucking with my Spotify stats so I was like I gotta find something else and 
what I did realize is that I really like ASMR, but not like weird shit or like slime videos or shit like that. I like when people do either like makeup things or like spa things or like hairbrushing things, like things that are normally like relaxing if somebody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Literally out like a light. Like I fall asleep so fucking fast. Like I normally fall asleep pretty fast, but that shit sends me over the edge. Mm-hmm. See, my thing is like, I gotta put my phone away. So I have, I just put my phone on my bedside table and I roll over. And it's either that night I have, I have self-control or that night I don't. Most of the time I do have self-control. However, sometimes if I heard, I, if I hear like the vibration over there, I'm going to want to know who's talking to me. But most of the time it's okay. Cause I set like the, the sleep limits or whatever on my phone. So after 10, I don't get any notifications. Yeah. That's what I do. I just, I couldn't, I also have notifications turned off for a lot of things. Like I don't get notifications on TikTok. Same. Instagram or Twitter I think I only get notifications the only one I get for sure are texts otherwise I think like all the big apps that I use are turned off yeah I definitely get texts but then I I do turn off notifications for most of the group chats that I'm on I don't I do I mean I I have like a, I need to always be available issue, which I need to work on on myself, but I always feel the need to be like a very fast replier to things. Mm. I feel like I typically do, but not in like group chat settings, especially like I'm in some group chats with like my siblings. I have eight siblings. Like no one needs everyone to respond. (laughs) My opinion today. No one needs my opinion today. They all know that I'm in law school. Um, I, I also, maybe I, I have like the opposite problem because I will literally forget people exist for weeks at a time, and then I'm like, oh, hi, me too. And I'm like, oh, hey, how have you been? <laughs> I literally like mass posted on my personal Instagrams close friends list the other day and was like, hey, like I've been a really shitty friend while I'm in law school. <laughs> But um, I broke my phone like a year and a half ago and lost everyone's contact information. And (laughs) a year and a half. Yeah. So like a bunch of my friends from like back home, like high school, I had just not texted. I'd be like replying to their Instagram stories and their tweets and stuff, but I haven't texted them in like a year and a half. Um, I know. You're wild. (laughs) I just I've always had those types of friendships where you don't need to be constantly in contact Mm -hmm. especially like my best friend I've known since I was two years old like it was we've we've gone like we've probably gone months without talking to each other um I'm just I've always been kind of like a a low low effort (laughs) friendship kind of person um so yeah but I did have to like be like I'm gonna be in Delaware this December for the first time in like a very long time and we should we should probably hang out (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm very much like a sort of out of sight out of mind kind of person 
like I'm very low maintenance with my friends that are far away like I don't expect much out of them to like maintain the friendship like it doesn't change how I feel about them but if you're in like my immediate circle of like life at that moment those are the people that I'm probably going to like expect the most out of you know but it's just like proximity and ease and all that kind of shit so yeah I definitely get that Mm. yeah okay going along with sleep is knowing when to take breaks okay because you need to take breaks you cannot go 12 hour day 12 hour day 12 hour day good fucking luck I mean you could but I I wouldn't recommend it no I definitely would not recommend it and something I do every final season is I will pick a new show to watch and whenever I need a break I will just watch like an episode of that show I try to keep it to like lighthearted shows, not about the legal field (laughs) (laughs) because I think those are just the most enjoyable. So I will, I'll literally just like watch an entire series over the course of finals week because I, I need to take those breaks. And I'll also, this is another priority of mine. I need to work out. Like if I'm not working out, I am unwell. Um, So I also take breaks by going to work out almost more frequently during finals week than any other time. Cause I got a lot of stress. I, I think that lifting heavy things and putting them back down is one of the best things you can do for your mental health. I would agree. I would agree. I also like to take walks too. Cause it's also one a fun way to just get around get some steps in and two you can go on a walk with a friend and you guys can simultaneously take a break like one of my friends we've gone on a couple walks now and we're actually going on a walk tomorrow morning and we're like we're gonna schedule walks during finals so that we can like keep our fucking shit together we're gonna meet at a coffee shop get our little coffees and go on our little walkie walk (laughs) that's my thing Uh, i it's always like a coffee and I want to walk and I want to walk like a hiking trail, but I don't want far. (laughs) I don't want to hike. I want to (laughs) casually walk with my iced coffee through nature. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes I'll see other people from my law school on hiking trails because there's not a ton around here. I'm always like, oh God, I don't want to see you right now. <laughs> I don't want to share this moment with you. <laughs> this is this is supposed to be my escape with my oat milk latte. <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> but no, I, I totally get that. You definitely need breaks. I enjoy taking breaks by working out, by walking, getting outside. Holy shit, get outside. Please get, outside. get some sun on your skin like that's really necessary mm-hmm. I think people are kind of crazy without it yeah lack of vitamin d will kill you that'll kill a bitch yes your bones are gonna get weak just saying and <laughs> we cast bones could it be me i'm part of the potato family <laughs> i know my bones are thick as fuck i can tell by my wrist Oh my God. speaking of taking breaks and taking breaks with other people I also think that it's 
for me, it's not necessarily effective to only study alone. And I think finding out your proper balance of how you best study and what portion of your studying time you want to dedicate to being with yourself versus being in study groups or even just instead of studying isolated alone in your apartment or at a study room in your law school, just like add an open area in your law school where you might be able to make casual conversation with someone as they're walking by. What are your preferred ways of studying? Okay, I'm kind of a study at home hater. However, I have done it a lot more this year because I realized, well, okay, last year it was really good for me to do school at school and that worked out very well for me. But this year, I don't know. I think the part of the fact that I like am not going to bar review and not going to like all the things and not staying at school is just like the social scene has gotten a bit much for me. So I'm just like taking myself out of the equation and one of those things is like spending more time at home. So I've been spending like a shit ton of time doing school at home. And so that's been better for me this year. Um, another thing I like to do is get very small study groups. So last semester, my second semester of 1L, I had a study group of only three people. We were in the same sections. We had all the same classes except for our writing professors, which wasn't really relevant to studying for finals. And the three of us got together twice a week and we picked like sections from each of the class that we were going to go over each of those sessions. So like we went over each class, but only a section that we like pre-planned that we were going to go over. Mm-hmm. And then we would take turns teaching. And then we did like practice exams for the professors that provided them. And like, we also prepared for midterms together. So we like did midterms and we did finals. And that was really good. And I learned literally so much from doing that. So this semester I have a small group for tax and then I'm gonna have a small group for evidence and probably my business class, probably those three and maybe IP. Like the big, big classes that I'm taking, I'm probably gonna have like a little study group for each. I already have my tax study group going, but the other three have not been completely established or figured out. But I do like small study groups. Yeah, so I think most of my time is probably spent alone. I was probably like 75, 80% of it. I want to be studying alone. I think that I'm the most productive when I'm studying alone. Um, This is like also my take randomly, like on the LSAT. Like, I just don't understand how being in a class and having to deal with 30 other people's different pathways to learning this is helpful to anyone. Um, So when I'm creating my outlines, when I'm studying the material, when I'm doing practice exams, I want to be doing all of that alone. But I do like being in study groups to review practice exams Mm -hmm. um, or like ask questions if issues came up in my self-studying. So that's how I've always done it. Um, during my one all year, I was in honestly like a pretty big study group. Like I think there are probably like 12 to 15 of us in the study group. Yeah. We had like an open study group, which meant anyone could join at any time. Um, so basically there was 12 to 15 of us, but like maybe at most seven or eight were on at the same time. Um, and that's exactly what we do. Like we 
all did our outline separately. We studied separately. We would do the practice exam separately. Then we'd get together and we'd review everything together. And you get to see the issues that other people were spotting, or you got to see someone else's interpretation of something you were confused about. Um, and even just like to a point, law school finals, they're just like gaming the system. You just need to know how to answer a question in the way that your professor wants you to answer it. Mm -hmm. So going going over strategy with a study group, I think can be really helpful. Yeah, our, so for my study group, last semester that's like really my only evidence for this because I didn't have like a for sure study group first semester we kind of all just like did our own things and then would randomly do practice things together but we had like a hard deadline for when we needed to have all of our outlines done so that we could be able to teach each other because if we all were like coming in with like bits and pieces it wasn't going to work out if like some of us didn't know a bunch of it and then for two of the classes where we did get like a bunch of practice problems, we would all write our answers separately. And then we would pick like two hours to go over it together. And that helped a lot. So kind of like a similar situation where we did the the practice stuff together, but we did do a lot of like teaching together, which I think worked for me and at least one other person in that group, because both of us really learn well like that. Um, And another very random thing I did was make like a lot of TikToks (laughs) about things that I was studying to help me remember. And it actually low-key saved my ass on my towards final. I will not lie. (laughs) I don't make TikToks, but I will randomly get up from my desk and go out into the living room and explain something to my boyfriend. I will like explain strict liability to my boyfriend. And he'll be like, he's like, yeah, great. <laughs> and then I'll just like leave and go back to study. He's like, okay. <laughs> he has to put up with a lot. But you know, you kind of need people to do that with. And if you don't have people for it, I just record myself. Like even on the like voice notes thing or whatever, like I'll do that too. So I definitely, yeah explaining things out loud really really helpful I think honestly the key no matter what kind of studying you want to do like whether you want to do solo studying flashcards group teaching whatever games you need to have like an outline or some sort of like written form done it doesn't have to be like a pure perfect amazing outline if you're somebody who's more like elements and flashcards or like flow charts or something visual you need to have that done before you try and get into the nitty gritty and like write answers. Because if you don't have the rule or you don't have the elements or whatever, trying to write an exam answer is not going to be easy. Right. Um, I live by outlining. I love outlines. I have to outline myself. I cannot use anyone else's outlines. They are gibberish to me. Um, so I think I... I actually learn best by outlining. I'm not like a flashcard girly. I am not, I am not a flowchart girly. Everyone loves flowcharts. I get so goddamn mad. This is why you run the Instagram and I don't, because (laughs) I'm trying to make a flowchart 
on my computer and will literally get so angry. I have to go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) See, I really like the visual shit. And I, this is like literally something I told one of my orgs recently, because they were like asking us questions about finals. And I was like, not to be like a weirdo, but I like make games out of everything. Like I made a giant Kahoot game for my whole section of Crimlock and we like all got together and played it. <laughs> and I made a Monopoly game for Law. Like I just make random ass shit because I need to like, everything needs to be somehow separated, whether it's going to be by like game section or like tile colors in Monopoly. It's somehow going to be like sectioned in my brain. I just need to figure out how everything is getting sectioned. It's so interesting. I'm very much like, I need to have it on paper and I need it to be, I need to organize it in a way that makes sense for my brain because for some reason, how other outlines organize things does, that doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Uh, I agree. So I need everything to be like extremely organized. Um, in a way that's going to make it very easy to recall. So as I'm figuring out the best way to organize this in an outline, I'm memorizing everything. And then I also make attack outlines, which is my way of understanding the framework for the entire class. And if anyone doesn't know what an attack outline is, an attack outline is, it's basically like a one to two page outline where you write out the steps for answering any kind of question. So for torts, you would have the steps for answering an intentional torts question, the steps for answering a negligence question, um, the steps for answering like strict liability, things like that. Um, And that has always been super, super helpful to me because I'm one of those people where like, I will open up an exam and if I read a question and I blank, I freak out and everything goes downhill. So to have an attack outline, you can glance out really quickly and be like, okay, I know where I am. I know what I have to do. Mm-hmm. That saved me. Yeah. I, especially when I have outlines, I'm one of those people who I'll be like, I can literally think of the word on this page, what words are around it or like, what's the topic. And that's how I'll like remember things is like, I will literally see the paper and be like, I remember reading this on this page, what's all around it. And like, that's what I'll recall and like answer. But I'll also like think of the professor saying the word. So like somebody has to like say the word out loud, weirdly enough for me to like recall it. So that's also why I talk so much or do like the teaching style so much because if like I if I can remember myself saying it or if I can remember somebody else saying it it comes to me a lot easier yeah I definitely get that another thing with outlines is you can use other people's outlines you can but you have to make sure that they are going to work for you before you just commit to it. Yeah, also updated because the textbooks will change and the professors will know. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, 
I'm a Dean's fellow at my school and we have like a Dean's fellows outline bank that we give to the 1Ls for their 1L courses. And we made an announcement. We were like, a lot of constitutional law has changed since we made these outlines. (laughs) They're on their own that one. (laughs) God, literally one of our deans was like, there was somebody who answered a question literally really, really well. Like the analysis was super good, but they cited a case that we never went over in class. Like it was not even in the textbook anymore. And she was like, I knew they used somebody else's outline. Yeah. I was like, fuck. That will happen. Like, you don't want to embarrass yourself like that. God, no. I really like having outlines just to follow along during the semester. Like, it helps me a lot to just, like, read the synopsis and then, like, go into the reading. Because I'm like, okay, I really know what topic we're getting into and not just whatever the professor labeled it in the syllabus. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that I I'm not huge on like supplements I would rather have someone else's outline from this class with this professor at my school mm-hmm. any commercial outline and speaking of commercial outlines you have to ask your professors because some professors consider a commercial outline that you have not substantially changed cheating um just want to flag that for everyone because professors are really particular about it also the Quimby ones like one of my friends printed one of them one all year and I was like that's way longer than anybody's school outline even remotely is like you are going to waste your time flipping through that bitch that's also another reason why you should have your outline or whatever paper form visual that you use to be done early because you need to be able to go through it so many times that you actually know where things are that if something comes up in the exam, if you have an open outline, open book exam or whatever, you can actually find what you're looking for. Because if you just make an outline and then you print it off for the exam, good luck. Good luck, Charlie. You need your outline prepared fully. And then you need to do practice exams with your outline. And you also need to tab the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, those commercial outlines they include so much information that is not going to be covered in your class that not only will you waste your time but you will confuse yourself yes you will be like forcing yourself to learn things that you do not even need to know i think you'll genuinely be worse off when it comes to supplements i think quimby is for certain classes i want to make that emphasis for certain classes the multiple choice questions can be really helpful. Like I think their evidence multiple choice questions were great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if I don't have any multiple choice questions on the exam, I'm not going to use them. Right. Yeah. Our, so my contracts exam was like half multiple choice, half explanation sort of. And the Quimby contracts questions were literally so off base. Like they were so fucking hard, <laughs> like so fucking hard. And they're like, a lot of them are like bar prep questions. So we're all like, what the fuck is this question? Like, all I know is mistaken promissory estoppel, bro. And they can, they can touch on things that your class didn't go over either. So like, it can, it can be very, very confusing. And I would say using anything like that is kind of a last resort. Like I took a, a criminal procedure adjudication class 
which is different than your typical criminal procedure class. Your typical criminal procedure um, is investigations. It's like fourth amendment stuff. Um, and adjudication is everything after the person has been arraigned essentially. Um, and like the professor literally gave us one multiple choice question. Like that was all we had to go off of to like prepare. So oh, we were like <laughs> freaking out. Like I was doing Quimby multiple choice. I was doing West academic multiple choice. I was like finding random supplements, doing those multiple choice questions. And I, I truly genuinely do not know if it helped <laughs> um, because like the, this, this exam was so crazy. It was multiple choice questions. It was half of it, maybe more than half was multiple choice questions. And they were like options A through J. And then starting at like E, it'd be like A and B, but not C. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and it was super stressful. And like, I don't know, I think supplements can, can hurt you as much as they can help you. Yeah. I think once you get to law school, you really realize that even though you're taking these doctrinals that everybody else has to take at every other school ever, it is so personalized to the goddamn professor, okay? You need to first look at resources that upperclassmen give you, and you need to look at resources the professor gives you. Some professors will be right off the bat generous. They'll give you prior midterms, they'll give you prior exams, they'll upload it to your Canvas or your D2L or whatever the fuck you use. But then other professors will give you absolutely nothing until like the last week of class and they'll give you two practice problems. So if those are the types of professors you have, you need to be asking the upperclassmen, especially the ones who are online, because y'all got a lot of like PDFs and shit that they just had to send your way because you were online. Ask the upperclassmen who are online and get those practice problems that they got from them. And most of the time, people are very generous. Obviously, there's going to be some, like, people to avoid who are, like, weird about giving shit out. Fuck those people, first of all. Second of all, find other people who will give you their shit. Um, yeah, there's definitely a hierarchy of resources that you can have. And I would say commercial supplements are at the bottom of that. Yes, very low. Extremely low. Very low. I do love my short and happies, though. I love my short and happies. <laughs> um, just... I use those more during the semester than actually during finals, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to talk about? There's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of pressure during finals. I think something really important to keep in mind is that nobody is going to study the same way as you and nobody is going to have the same pace as you. So in general, do not compare yourself to others in law school, but especially during final season, you see people like posting on their Instagram story oh my god been here for eight hours have three hours more that's great that's what that person's going to do just because they're doing it does not mean that you are being unproductive because you haven't been in the library for 11 hours like I promise you you will be okay <laughs> and as we pointed out in I think like our second episode people want to psych you out and people will lie Mm -hmm. people on tiktok will lie mm -hmm. let's just get that one out there they'll lie about everything um i do know what i was gonna say if your professor is like kind of being 
weird and not giving you a lot of practice exams or like hypotheticals, sometimes your library has access to their old exams. Mm-hmm. Yep, ours does. Um, that was a very good thing to find out because no one told us that as one else. So if your professor hasn't given you anything, go check with your library because they might have old exams. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me what's a good way to ask upperclassmen or like how do you even do that? So I will say in this episode, if you don't have a mentor or like a Dean's fellow or like an orientation leader or whatever that you kind of met when school first started that you can't just easily ask or have like a really strong relationship with, if you're in orgs or whatever, like have some sort of group connection to people, it would not be inappropriate to ask those students in leadership if they have outlines or resources that they can share with you or if they have friends who took the same professors as you that they can like get you outlines from because there are people who have asked me for outlines that I didn't have their professors so I'm like sourcing from other people to like get them stuff and I'll do it for them every time that I just save them to my computer so that I have them if the next person asks me for them so like it's not weird at all every single person who's asked me for an outline I've sent them an outline like do not be scared (laughs) I hand out outlines like candy Usually people don't even have to ask me for them because I know people feel weird outright asking for outlines. I feel like there's this kind of unwritten code where if you go up to someone who's like an upperclassman and you're like, hey, you had professor so-and-so for crim, right? What was their final like? They'll just offer you an outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that can, that can be a really great way of actually like initiating the conversation. Um, and yeah, I, I, I also, if I haven't had that professor, I will track it down. I have, you know, I have access to multiple outline banks at the school. If it's not in an outline bank, I'll find someone who took the class. Like I know more people who have had the opportunity to take the class than anyone else does. So like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's really not. And also like your success matters and how you like take charge of it also matters. Cause like, I'm sure you can do like great on your own. Like I'm sure there's people who get to law school and do just amazing with whatever resources they have and whatever work they do on their own. But I, I don't think you should like let yourself fall into the belief that you shouldn't ask for help or that you can't ask for help or that it makes, makes it look like you are unable to do law school on your own because that's not what it means at all. I think working smarter, not harder is an important part of being in the legal field. And especially when you work in a firm and you see like how attorneys actually work, you are not ever limited on your resources. You are not. So I think to not take advantage of them is a disservice to your own learning personally. Yeah, it is. And I think if you're the type of person who is not offering up outlines, not offering resources, not telling, you know, a 1L, oh, this is the best supplement I found when I took that class. I think that's a disservice to you because that reputation is going to stick with you. Mm -hmm. Also, like you, you win nothing by being unkind. You win nothing. You win no award. Nothing, which is why my study group, my 1L year was open to anyone. There were closed study groups, like there were, there were exclusive study groups. And we were like, fuck that, no, that that literally doesn't even benefit you. Like I want 
a diverse set of people in here who can think about an issue differently than me. All right, so in summary, eat, sleep, study in a way that works for you. Anything to add? <laughs> hmm. Once you, oh God, once you take the exam and you get out, beeline for the exit. Yep, go home, go home. <laughs> talk to anyone is in that class about the exam no no do not talk about your answers do not say oh I spotted these issues these issues these issues do not say oh I feel really really good about it or I feel really really bad about it please go home there were so many people especially after our first finals so many people who came out of our exam were like in the common area of the school People were talking, 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 and people at the school bawling their eyes out. Do just go. <laughs> just go home. And my rule has always been most of the 1L exams are at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. yep. I beeline for the exit. I get myself a little treat, love a smoothie as a little treat after a final. Yeah. <laughs> I go home and I don't study for the rest of the day. Yep. Same. I, I'm very much a person who I'm, I'm either going to get boba or I'm going to get a Jamba Juice. I'm going to go home and take it out. <laughs> I'm going to get smoothie things. I'm going to go home. I will not take a nap because I am physically incapable of taking a nap. <laughs> but I will watch the most horrendous reality TV. <laughs> Something that I did um, both final season two is I started a book like I started a book that's like been on my shelf for however long and that also really helped me and that was a good break from studying is like okay I'm gonna go read like 20 pages of my book and then I'll come back to this and that was also like a really good motivator to study because once I'm in a book I'm like so excited and I just want to keep reading so I was like if I can study properly in x amount of time then I can go read my book again <laughs> yeah. yep you gotta find you gotta find the unique ways to motivate yourself Mm -hmm. people post and they're like for every 20 pages I read I give myself a chocolate I'm like what the <laughs> a chocolate that would not work for me I would just eat the chocolate like whenever Literally. it's not gonna work for me but I like I need like a teensy bit of external motivation I think that's why I liked the hard deadline of having our outlines done with like the small group so if I can have somebody that I'm like ever so slightly accountable to that will get me motivated like no fucking other even if we're not working together like sometimes I'll tell my roommate like I have to get this shit done by this time you need to check in and make sure I have that shit done <laughs> and that really works for me because it's like shaming myself into doing work <laughs> yes yep I do that too like accountability partners mm -hmm. you gotta have one my so like my entire 1L and 2L year, all of my exam classes I took with like my best friend in law school and they were my accountability partner. Um, and it's just, it can be as easy as like checking in on each other like two or three times a day and being like, are you finished this yet? Like <laughs> just very- How are you? You feeling yeah. good? <laughs> have you finished your outlines yet? How many practice questions have you done? Like things like that. Um, 
my, I, I will also, I will also be the type of person who I do the Pomodoro method during finals. Um, and after a certain amount of time of doing it, I think it's like three times, like maybe you do like three hours, three and a half hours. I'm not sure. Um, that's my, like, I'm going to the gym, like rewarding myself by going to the gym. Um, so I could not do a book because I want to not use my eyes after studying for a few hours. That's fair. That's fair. Just bad eyesight things. All right. So eat, sleep, figure out how you study and find something that motivates you, whether internal, external, or something fun. You need something. Yep. And then after the exam's over, it's over. Try not to think about it. GTFO. GTFO. All right. Well, that's all for this week's episode of The In-Laws. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The In-Laws Pod. We post these full-length episodes every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure to follow and rate the podcast through whichever streaming service you're listening on. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.